Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. It feels a little bit like a Monday um, in that we had all kinds of technical, logistical issues to try to sort through and we're crossing our fingers. I think we got it all figured out. So my apologies for the slight delay, but this is going to be a really great conversation here and uh, return guest, actually, who I'm going to introduce in just a second. For those of you that are live streaming, don't be shy. Join in the conversation today. Ask questions. You can comment. Would love for you to be part of the conversation. And for those of you that are listening to the audio version of the fact, or after the fact, I should say, uh, make sure to follow us at Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast on Instagram. We announce on the weekly the upcoming live streams and you can plan those schedule those in your calendar and come join us to be part of the conversation i hope you will do that all right i am bringing back sean sean you know what I, it's been a little while since i've said your last name out loud oblazalo is that correct that was great okay perfect all right <laughs> we made it happen um overcome the tech issues pronounce your last name correctly i think this we're off to a good start yes <laughs> <laughs> perfect all right well Thanks for coming back. Um, and you know what? I, I normally write down the episode number that I've had a previous guest on before. It's not a lot of them, by the way. So your special guest, by the getting to come <laughs> back second multiple times, doing multiple shows here on the Boca Podcast. And uh, for those of you that may be curious, you can just do a quick search or we'll link to the original episode in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Sean, for those that may not know who you are, didn't hear the first episode, will you do me a favor and just kind of introduce yourself and your brand briefly, if you will? Yeah, um, so my name is um, Sean Obazal, obviously. So I'm an um, adventure elopement photographer in Colorado. I also work in Yosemite sometimes. So um, yeah, I mean, this is going into my fourth year of just doing elopements. Uh, the pandemic kind of helped push me off the ground. And then it's just been like kind of a rocket ship ever since. Well, and I have to say, this is a little bit of a tangent. I, we didn't even talk about this ahead of time, but I, you sent me a link, um, I think when we were prepping for the interview, and I'm going to pull it up here on the website. So for anybody listening, and first of all, vowsandpeaks.com, just like it sounds. We'll link to it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And I'll go ahead and mention as well, Sean's Instagram, vows underscore and underscore peaks on Instagram. Make sure you go check out his work. And, and Sean, I got to give you props uh, yet again. Your, your work is, is truly stunning. I see a lot of photography, really, really beautiful stuff. But the thing that I want to give you even more props for is the link that you sent me to originally, which is it's almost like a landing page specifically for couples that are looking for elopement photography in Colorado. I, and, and I have to highlight this because I'm just, I'm kind of blown away actually. I'm, I'm curious how long it took you to put this together and then the thought process behind it because this is maybe the longest landing page on a wedding photography website that I've ever seen. And that's actually a compliment, by the way. The amount of detail is just mind-blowing here. So can you comment on the intention behind this? Because I think a lot of photographers could take this as a point of reference. Yeah, I mean, honestly, okay, so I have to give like a shout out. Like, like when I first started doing this business, um, I was like built a website and then I was like, oh, like, you know, you build a website and you're like, oh, what the hell do I do now? Like, <laughs> right. So I have this website, but how do you like get people to book? And then that's when I learned about SEO. And then, um, so when I learned about SEO, like I signed up for this, I think I've mentioned before, uh, fueler of photos in the past. So this is like four years ago. And, um, one of the guys told me, he's like, you know, you're going to have a really hard time ranking for like the obvious term of like Colorado elopement photographer, because like when you're learning SEO, the first thing you think of is like, okay, I'm going to rank for the thing that I think people are searching for the most. So he was like, you got to create a guide about best places to elope in Colorado. And then you could, you could rank 
faster. So I, I did this page and this is, it took like eight months to start ranking in the first page. Then I just started adding on to it every year. Like it evolved more and more and more. And so like, this is kind of just like my, my final, like, you know, um, my Mona Lisa, like, you know, blog pages. Like, it's just like, it ranks well for a lot of different key terms and key, like long tail keywords. And so it's just, and then a lot of it's just like stuff I've experienced, my passions, but yeah. living in Colorado for 10 years, I just kind of like, Hey, this is my knowledge. I'm going to throw it in there. And so it's just evolved to this. I am super impressed, man. And, and it's, it's taken me longer than it should have honestly to, to begin to learn more of the inner workings of SEO. Uh, and I'm, I guess with that context, not only the additional context, but also the additional effort that we put into SEO on our brand. I'm just so impressed by this page. I mean, it's really, really Thank impressive. You. And, you know, a lot of times when you go to like a sales page or a landing page, somebody, you opt into something and you get sent to this, this page, it just, it feels kind of sleazy and like information yeah. that's probably irrelevant and, and not actually that valuable necessarily. But when I look at this page, and for those of you who are not live streaming, you need to go check it out. Um, if you just go to bowsandpeaks.com forward slash best place to elope Colorado, and there are dashes in between each of those words. We'll link to it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com as well. But I'm, I'm just scrolling kind of endlessly. But again, I say that as a, the biggest compliment possible. It's just so impressive the amount of content that you've put together that is very, very specific to the various locations that I'm assuming you enjoy to, uh, photographing and, of course, are also popular to photograph at in Colorado. Yeah. Relevant information images to highlight the particular location. I mean, it's just really, really, and I've already been scrolling now as I'm talking for the last 15, 20 seconds. I'm only like halfway down this page. It is absolutely mind blowing. So major, major yeah. props to you for that. I'm, I'm super impressed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's just been cool to like kind of see it and just evolve. And like, now it's like, I'm just like, all right, this, I'm really proud of it because it really is like, it's not like I had some people help me write it but i gave them the information sure like you know because i can't write it so it's like it's not like one of those blogs where like you send it off to someone to write you a blog and then like it's not your words it's not like even your expertise like everything yeah. in there is like from from me sure well even if it's not i mean the idea of delegating some work like that especially i mean i i can only imagine how long did it take to actually get that complete page done would you say well i mean i, I started like four years ago and like yeah. the, the, fir the first, the first time I had it, it was like literally like five locations. And then like, as I've kind of grown more and more like, and done shot in more locations, it's like, you know, you kind of start filling it in more, but then you start adding in like, just like I did a video last year, like where I basically did a video walking through like my favorite places. And I added like, what's the weather like, how to get around Colorado. So you just kind of get it to evolve. And so it's been about four years. Well, it's impressive. What I was getting at, though, is the amount of time that you would have to put into that if you did it all yourself is kind mm -hmm. of mind boggling to consider because it then takes you away from running the other aspects of your business as well. So I don't think it's a bad thing to hire somebody or multiple people, for that matter, to come alongside and help. And it's, I think it's great that you did that. And then for those of you that are listening and that missed out, I, we actually had the guys from Fuel Your Photos on the show. And I'm going to pull this up on the browser here. Corey Potter and Dylan Howell back in episode 432. SEO for photographers. And um, we've actually had the opportunity since then to work with Corey in particular. And I just, man, super, super impressed with, with these guys. I mean, the technical know-how is really impressive. And, you know, it's, it's funny, Sean. I mean, SEO is one of those topics where 
if you go do a Google search, for example, you're going to find thousands and thousands and thousands of websites and services that are trying to help quote unquote, help you with your SEO, but you never quite know if these people actually know what they're doing or if you're going to actually get oh, results right. from it. And I have oh, to right. say that I'm super impressed with these guys. So if you all listening in or watching want to learn more about SEO and want to improve that, especially looking at Sean's site here, um, make sure to go check out episode 432 SEO for photographers with Corey Potter and Dylan Howe. We'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. All right. So thanks for letting me take that little tangent, Sean, um, because again, yeah. major props, super impressed, but we're here actually to talk about how to photograph a first look today. And I left the elopement part of it out. I know that you specialize in elopement, but in the title, I just said how to photograph a first look. And the reason is because I think the principles that you're going to be talking about here are applicable, not just to elopement photography, would you say? I would definitely say so. Yeah. Like it's, they're all, it's going to be a direct correlation to like any kind of first look. And I would say like in traditional weddings and then all inclusive weddings and elopements as well. So it doesn't matter. Like, you know, like your age, like your rate, your race, your age, like your sex doesn't matter. Like this is applicable to like every single kind of thing that is going to require like a first look at an elopement or a wedding. Okay, cool. Well, in, in preparation for this conversation, you sent ahead of time, four different ideas, kind of elements that make up your approach to photographing a first look at a wedding. One is choosing a location. Second is timing. Third is positioning the couple. And then fourth is preparing a reaction. So let's actually just jump into it. And I know you're going to share your screen for some of this too, just to give some examples, yeah. but let's talk about choosing a location first. And I know you told me ahead of time, you've got kind of one main idea that drives your choice of location. Will you talk to us about that? Yeah. So it was funny. Like I was telling my parents a lot last night that I was doing this podcast. And then, um, you know, one thing that my father-in-law brought up was like, you know, like, how do you, how do you like focus on the couple without like having the landscape take over them? And I, I told him, I was like, you know, honestly, that this is something that people really like about my work is like, I really kind of put them in the middle of a landscape. So I also told him like, you know, one of the things that people kind of get focused on when they go to a different location for like elopements is like, we're going to fixate on like this Alpine Lake that we're going to get married at. But like in reality, like you, the you have to be creative and taking in the other parts of the landscape as well that like you can highlight. So one of my main goals when I'm doing a first look at a location is like, I'm trying to do a different first look backdrop that I'm going to be doing for the vow ceremony and then like the other photos. So it's like, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into like shooting at the exact same spot for the whole time. You know, you want to be like, okay, what else looks tight here? Like what else could like really look really cool? What has good lighting? So you're just, you're going to one spot for something specific, but you want to be able to open your mind to like the surroundings. That makes sense. And I like that too. I mean, if for no other reason than just variety's sake, right? If, if somebody gets yeah. their pictures back and they're looking at it and everything is just with kind of the same backdrop in the background. I mean, to be clear, I'm super jealous of where you get to photograph. And for those of you that aren't following Sean already, if you just jump over to his Instagram, and again, if you missed this at the beginning, vows underscore and underscore peaks on Instagram, but I'm just pulling, you know, that this first, here's actually a first look, uh, I believe. And just looking at yeah. the background, that you're getting to photograph in here is is stunning. So I would venture that most couples probably wouldn't complain too much, but I like that you're going the extra mile, to making the extra effort to create something that is super 
uh, well, that, that incorporates variety despite the amazing location, right? Um, or really ultimately to take advantage of the amazing location. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. And like that just goes with any time I'm out hiking in general. It's like sometimes you kind of go to like a spot where like, okay, I'm going to go up here, get a cool sunset, sunset photo. And then you turn to your left and like just the sky's exploding somewhere else. Where you're like, oh, like that's actually even cooler than what I came here for. And so sometimes like that kind of happens for elopements too. And the exciting part is, is like when the couple has no idea that there's other cool shit around them that yeah. they're going to just play, like look really cool in. Yeah. Well, it, you know, there's a, there's a fun, interesting correlation and we won't go too deep on this, but to, to life too, like that, that notion of certainly in business, but then also just in life in general, the idea of kind of keeping our minds and our eyes open. It's so easy in yeah. life and business to kind of put blinders on. We get some idea in our head. I mean, I'm guilty of this a million times over. We get some idea in our head about what something should be, or we plan mm -hmm. in advance, which isn't of course, altogether a bad idea, but we get so fixated on the idea that it, takes away from other potential opportunities because we, our eyes aren't open, our minds aren't open. Totally. So I, 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 love, I love this principle just as a general concept, but certainly when it comes to photographing an elopement. Okay, so leveraging then the, the variety of opportunities visually, um, specifically yeah. for, for this first look, making sure that we're incorporating some variety, looking for a different location than maybe the ceremony location or maybe even the portrait location. Um, we're starting with that as far as the, the location goes. Let's go ahead and jump then to timing. And this is a big one too, because I mean, it, I'm sure that the, I, I know that the vibe is different when it's an elopement and maybe just you and, and the couple or you, the couple and a couple of other people, um, then a wedding photographer who's dealing with a massive wedding party and a bunch of guests and that kind of thing. But timing at the end of the day as a wedding photographer is literally everything. I think back to yeah. speaking of actually, uh, I, when I photographed my first wedding, this is like 2001 and I didn't really know what I was doing. I had read some, cause back then it was, you'd read books about photography. So I got some wedding yeah, photography yeah. books and portrait photography books. I'm looking at technique and framing and, and, um, shooting style and so forth. And I go to photograph this first wedding and I'm photographing the ceremony. It's an indoor ceremony and I missed the kiss. And that's like yeah. the ultimate worst experience, right? When it comes to this idea of timing, like you're not prepared. And I was using yeah. a consumer level film camera at the time. So it wasn't super quick either. And I totally missed the kiss. And fortunately it worked out. The couple was super gracious. We set the shot back up, did it. And it was fine in the end. But timing yeah. is everything. And especially when it comes totally. to something like a first look, because then if you have to do it over, it kind of kills the vibe and kills the mood and kills maybe the, the potential quality of the images. So what yeah. are kind of the two big ideas that drive your approach to timing when it photograph, when it comes to photographing the first look? Yeah. So, I mean, just in general, I like to bake in extra time on my timeline. So like, for example, like when I go hiking, like I'm a 20 minute, a mile hiker. So like when I go hiking on elopements, it's like, you know, the goal isn't to kill us. It's like just to kind of get up there at a gradual pace where everybody's happy. So it's like, I try to bake in like, you know, remember take an extra 20 minutes to get up there in general. So like, that's just a general rule of thumb I always use on like my timelines is like, Hey, we're going to bake in time. And if we have to kick it up there and just like hang out under the stars, like that happens a lot. And I would much rather have that happen than anybody to feel anxious to like getting rushed because the last thing people want to do is feel anxious to be chasing light. Um, so true. And and I know that like, like when I do stuff outside, like my whole focus is going to be about like getting 
sunrise and good lighting. So this might be a, not be applicable to everybody, but I think like the understanding of like not making people feel rushed is super important. And like on this day, especially because the magnitude is so big, you know, this is something they're always a remember. Well, and, and not to try to go too deep today, but I mean, it's, it's another great reminder um, for just life in general. Like I, I've been super intentional. I'm, I'm 43 now. So as I'm getting a little bit older, I'm being more intentional when it comes to building in that cushion that you're talking about in my life. Certainly when it comes to, yeah. to, to work as well, when certain instances that are relatively high pressure as they are, like just on their own, the idea that we're then throwing, like we're trying to do too much at the last minute that we don't build that cushion in adds stress. Yeah. And life is just not as enjoyable when you're in that, that like high pressure rushing around stressful mode. So it's a good reminder in general, but especially as it relates to these situations, because a lot of times we're photographing um, elopement again, maybe a little bit different. Cause I'm assuming you at least know the couple a little bit at this point, but in a, in a many wedding scenarios for photographers, they're meeting a couple maybe for the first time, or if they did an engagement session, maybe it was brief. They don't know them that well. So the idea yeah. that you then layer on top of that unfamiliarity, a certain level of rushing and ultimately stress that is not going to help the relationship and it's certainly not going to help the photographs no definitely not and it's just like it's just nice to like be able to take your time because like some of my favorite photos are like of just people getting ready for the first look and i think those are like super cool um mm. it's just like it just kind of tell it's like a very nice way of storytelling um of like being able to like have a chapter for everything throughout the whole day so like i kind of look at it as like you know, like as a kid where you had those books and you'd flip the pages and it would like turn into like a moving comic strip or something like. Am I, yeah, little, little, little paper strip things. Yeah. And you flip the book and it goes and it, it tells a story, you know, like yeah. each page. It, so like that's kind of how I feel about like elopements is like I want to be able to take my dial on my camera and just like scroll it where it's just like a, just a giant storytelling where it's like front to back. You're like, OK, that's what happens. So um so I like to have like those moments in there, but then like, as far as like the, the next part of timing, like I like to kind of vet people on the way up. So like, I kind of like tell people, okay, you know, just for example, if we're using like a, a guy, guy and girl. So like, I would ask the guy like, Hey, do you have a suit? Like how many pieces is your suit? Like, do you have a tie? Like all these kind of things, because a lot of people think that generally the brides get dressed faster, but like, that's really not the case because they just have usually one thing to kind of throw up. So it's like, I just tell people like, you know, have, have him get ready first. You can start your makeup and then I'll get him set up. And then, you know, also just trying to keep like the bride warm during like an early morning is super important too. So you just got to take like your timing is not only do you want to make sure it's like seamless, but you want to make sure it's just like comfortable. Yeah. Oh, I love that actually, that, that summation of it. Comfortable. Absolutely. Because it, it would be very easy, but then also, of course, simplistic to just think, oh, we need to be up here at, let's say, whatever the sunrise time is, for example. We need to yeah. be up there by that particular time. And that's that's all we're, again, we're fixating on that one time frame while not considering everything else that's going on, all the other moving parts. So, yeah, to your point, yeah. one, build in cushion, just generally speaking. And one of the ways that we can do that is then your second point, which is to kind of vet the couple's timing, what it is that they need to get done before the actual photography begins so that you're kind of building that into the experience. You've had that conversation, you're managing their expectations, they're naturally managing your expectations as well, and then yeah. the timing is a lot more easy to to manage at that point. Totally, it's just like, like they're paying you for like your expertise. It's like, they don't wanna go up there and like 
start like, you know, like having to ask questions. They want you just to be like, Hey, like, what do I need to do to like look really cool and have a really awesome moment? So like, do you care if I like kind of share this screen real quick? No, please do. Cool. So like, so like, this is like a, like a cool, like fun example, like where it's, they're kind of getting ready and like, and you can kind of see like, you know, the timing wise, like you're kind of getting like, um, those are just some sneak peeks, but like you see all these moments where they're kind of hiking up and then, you know, you see them getting ready and like, see what I mean about like how, how sick these all look like these photos of like, so, them like getting ready. Like, yeah, Sean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, what we're seeing right now is thumbnails. Do you have a separate window open by any chance? I do. Oh, oh, oh okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, let me, let me, um, I didn't realize, okay, let me do this. Okay, that better? Uh, unfortunately, we're still seeing oh, the- Oh no, it's, it's opening a tab. I see, I see what's happening here. All right, let me. If you go to that, if, if, if you go to that tab, is there, maybe we would see the, uh, the thumbnail? Um, let's see, like when I open it, it's opening a whole new tab. So if you then click on that tab, would we see that there? Um, I'm clicking on it. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Right now we're just seeing the thumbnails. Um, well, even smaller now, but uh, we're just here, seeing here. thumbnails. I think I can do it this way. There we go. Okay. Awesome. So you can kind of see like what I mean about like, you know, just like these kind of getting ready photos. Yeah. And then you kind of like just, you kind of like, these are some of the best ones. Cause like, you know, it's just really fun to kind of tell the story. Mm. And then, then you kind of get to like the, um, like this part right here, but like, see like what I mean about like all, like all these cool colors, and oh, like, the, incredible. The, like telling a story and like stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, mean, I can, <laughs> I just think about some of the locations. I mean, I photographed hundreds of weddings over you know a decade or so, and I just think about some of the locations that I photographed. And this is, I would just die to have something like this to, to photograph a getting ready, um, in a, with this kind of scenery. It's absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, and like see what I, like it's wow. good, see how the variety's been different every single time. That's it's incredible. Like, but that goes back to like the location stuff. You know, it's like. And then you just kind of like, this is like really cool because now you're getting to the first look. And then this will bring us like the next sequence and stuff like that too, but. Well, yeah, so let's actually kind of talk about, I mean, this is a really great segue. Um, let's talk a little bit about positioning if you can, and maybe we can continue to use those same images you were just sharing. Um, but I, I, I'd love for you to give a little bit of context behind how you position couples. You mentioned to me ahead of time, I think you've got a couple of ideas that drive this. Will you talk about those as you're sharing some examples? Yeah. So like for one, like I'm never like, I never really care about um, like what kind of lighting I'm shooting into. So I, I'll shoot in the direct light. I'll shoot in the backlight. So for me, like that's something like a lot of photographers might get scared about. Um, but I kind of embrace it. So as far as positioning goes, like the general thing I, I traditionally do is I'll have like, oh, let me see this again. I'll have the groom, um, get ready. Like I'll put him in a different spot first while the, while the bride gets ready. So like for this one example, like you can kind of see him on the, like way out there. Wow. So 
the positioning I'm having is having him like all them always turned away from them. So like they can get like, they can be ready for it. So the positioning is really important because what you don't want to do is you don't want to have the bride be directly behind him because if he turns around, you're only going to see her back. Like, yeah, not, true. so I, I have her come off the side, either to the left or to the right, kind of stop. And you can kind of see like how she's off to the side. Then I have her lean in and tap him because at that point, the angle is like kind of turned sideways. He'll turn this way. Yeah. And then you're actually able to see the full expression and response. Yeah, exactly. So like, that was something I, I learned like in my first year is like, you know, I, I had like one, I was like, I just missed the first look because I was directly behind them and they just, she just walked up directly behind him. And, and by the way, for everybody, I know that for the, the audio version of this podcast, you all are missing out quite a bit. So I just want to throw this out there. Make sure that you go to either facebook.com slash Boca B O K E H podcast or youtube.com slash Boca podcast so that you can see the visuals um, that we're actually discussing here. So Sean, what, what would be then, how would you sum up then the first idea behind positioning? Yeah. So I would say like just the, the easiest way to say it is like to have the one person facing the opposite direction and then the other person kind of walk down. Like I kind of say like, it's like a makeshift aisle. So walk down, you can kind of follow them as they go and have that person pull off or the, the, the bride pull off to the left or pull off to the right um, and not directly behind them and then tap in. So then the groom can turn around um, and have, you can catch the reaction of him for the first time. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I'm kind of frantically taking notes as we're talking here. This is good. So one starting with facing opposite direction, obviously. So that gives everyone time. You're not rushing to try to capture the thing and, and, and he's seeing her or he's seeing him or whatever the, the, the scenario, whatever couple they're seeing each other ahead of um, that, that moment, right? Cause the closer they get to each other and then you actually get to see the interaction. That's, that's the key. That's what you're trying to ultimately capture. So obviously facing yeah. the opposite direction, but then pulling off to the side and I guess, uh, well, feel free to continue here. If you've got any other significant points you want to share about positioning, but I also have a question about this if, if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, okay. So I will say like what I usually do is I do a, re I do like a reenactment of what I want them to do. So like, it's kind of weird, but like, I will just have them stand back and I'm like, okay, this is how I kind of want you to walk. Okay. And they'll just, I'll give them like an, I'll give them like an idea sure. and just like tap in. So it's like, it's super easy. And again, this is applicable to like, you know, any like couple at all. So like you could do this with like two guys, two girls, whatever you want to do. Well, so this is where my question then I think is, is a good, or it's a good segue into this question, which is as much as you're setting this up, um, and, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit when it comes to emotion as well and capturing that expression, the responses between the two, how do you, how do you avoid setting it up too much? Like, and, and this is what comes to mind, maybe seem a little bit odd. Maybe you've experienced this, but when I've worked with videographers as a photographer, I was, I was a, as much a kind of photojournalist as possible. We would certainly set up shots specifically for portraits. Um, maybe give a little bit of direction for the first look, but otherwise I, I didn't, the last thing that I wanted to do was to get in the way of a genuine, it's the cliche word I know, but genuine moment, like one that's actually happening naturally where yeah. what they're doing feels natural for them. Their expressions and response is ultimately natural for them. So we can talk about 
emotional response here in just a second, but specifically with positioning, and you're talking about guiding them, like giving them an example of how to go about this. How do you do that without it then becoming kind of stiff and robotic on their part? Well, I think like A, like I think people are looking for guidance on this part. And I think because, I, I, I mean, I don't want to say like a lot of people don't know about first looks, but like maybe just people just don't really like understand like a first look, you know, they're not hmm. like really like, kind of like anticipating it or like, you know, really stoked on it. Like, um, and that kind of gets me, that kind of jumps ahead to the next part with like getting emotional um, reactions out of stuff. Yeah, but go like, ahead. Um, but like, cause I mean, as, as men, like sometimes we really don't read into the magnitude of something that maybe a woman might like be really hyped for. So, <laughs> and, sure. and I, I can like, I can like some, so, this goes back to like, like four years ago, I, I, this, the reason the first look became so important to me and why I knew I needed to kind of make this be different is because like four years ago, I had a first look and then the groom had no reaction. He just basically said like, do you know where, do you know where my belt is at? And then I was at that point, I was like, that was probably the the worst reaction you could have ever given. That was his response when he saw her. Yeah, I was like, oh, do you no. know where my belt is at? And so that's when I knew, like, I needed to change this all. And I was like, all right, I need to make this, like, a moment. Because in reality, like, this is going to be the day that, like, a woman feels the most beautiful in her whole entire life. Like, you, she'll never be able to, like, recapture, like, that feeling that she feels on her wedding day. Like, in her wedding dress, you know? Like, it's such a big moment for them. And so as men, like, sometimes we can just kind of overlook that. And so, like, being able to, like tell someone that like, you know, this is a big moment and like your reaction is going to be like rocket fuel. So like when you give her that reaction is going to be the way that she feels and that will be so uplifting to her. So, hmm. and a lot of times when I tell people like this stuff verbatim, like that's when they start like kind of tearing up and crying. And then like really? they, they, the light, yeah, the light bulb kind of goes off. They're like, Oh, like shit like that. Yeah, this is, wow. this is big. Like, it's, and I swear, like, I would say like probably half the guys I, I kind of give like this little spiel to is like, you know, like this is important. It's gonna be like your reaction is gonna be a lot. Like they start to realize like, oh, like, and they start that's to really cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't have expected that. That's really neat. Yeah. And so like, it's just one of those things. Cause like, it really is like, it's, you know, they go through all this trouble, like get this really amazing wedding dress. And then it's, it's like such a big moment, you know? And they want to just feel that way, you know? Well, so let's, it, it, we're like you said, we kind of naturally moved on to this fourth point here about preparing reaction. And I know we're, we're kind of focused on, um, shall we say, the stereotypical guy, maybe emotionless guy in some cases, who, as you said, may also not realize the significance of the moment. So you're preparing the reaction. And, and I love that you... I love that you're getting such great natural results from these conversations, but can you give us an idea of what that conversation specifically sounds like? Like what, what is the interaction? What are the things that you're actually saying to them that is helping them? Um, I mean, I understand generally speaking, encouraging them to realize the significance of this, but I, I don't know, like, especially if I'm thinking about, again, you're kind of stereotypical guy who doesn't maybe realize the significance of what's going on here. And you start to talk to somebody like that. I don't know if the conversation would be stilted or you'd be like, what are you talking about? Or like, I'm just curious what it sounds like. No, I mean, honestly, like just, this is what I go up to him. Like, you know, I put him in position first and then she starts getting ready. And like, the reason I kind of like do this conversation while she's getting ready is because like, 
like I want her to have her privacy too. So it's like I just tell him like, hey, like when you're like when you're good, just let me know. Okay. Um, so I'll have that conversation with him, and I'm just like, hey, like you know, this is a first look. This is like probably my favorite, most exciting part of like the whole day. Like there's a ton of anticipation, a lot of excitement. And then like after this, it's going to be all cruise control because like, you know, this is like, this is the big reveal. So I just say like, you know, also this is the day that she feels the most beautiful in her whole entire life. So like your reaction right now is going to be like rocket fuel for her. So like all you got to do is like take the moment in for yourself. Don't worry about me back here, but like make her feel the way that she feels right now today. So um, what you can do is like you can take her for a big hug. Give her a kiss if you want to give her a twirl you can do that you can give her like a walk around but like don't worry about me this is you and then i give him like a fist bump and i say rocket fuel <laughs> rocket <leave>. fuel <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so let's let's take this and make it even um more tangible i'm i'm clicking back over to that picture that you've got pulled up in the gallery and let me actually click over there we go um so do you remember the conversation with with this particular groom and what the interaction ended up being like Oh yeah, well, dude, it was hella funny because like um, this day was insane. Like it 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 rained for like literally like three hours. We were hanging out in coffee shops, hanging out in jeeps. So like there really was like tons of anticipation for this thing. Wow, like, it was just like a huge buildup. Okay, but like um, she had a hair and makeup gal with her that day that was doing stuff on spot. So when I got him set up. Like, well, yeah, actually like do me a favor, minutes. Sean, as you're talking about it, will you kind of scroll back to like earlier on in the sequence and just kind of talk us through the whole thing? Cause I, I love this. I'm, I'm already getting the sense of the story and what's going on. Talk, talk us through it. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think this is like our third or fourth location at this point. And then I finally was just like, all right, like I know where we're going. Like we're going to go up here. There's going to be a little window break. So, you know, I see, see how he's getting ready first. And I like, I tell like, I mean, these are all moments where I'm like, you know, he, he probably could do his suspenders by himself, but like, they look really cute. Like when you kind of get these. Now, is that the bride um, that was helping him there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So for those of you um, that are just listening to the audio version of this, we, we've got, the groom is starting to get ready. The bride is not in her dress. So she's helping him. Um, yeah. It looks like put a tie on or just get the suspenders set up. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny. Cause like. Like, so I, I always have him like, you know, kind of put like help him put stuff on just cause I think it's like really cute for photos, but then you can kind of see him like way down here. Like, um, and I set I set him up like hella far away. Cause I'm like, all right, I want to get down like pretty close. So I can get like a big wide ass shot on this, which is amazing. And, um, and again, for those of you that are just listening, we've got this stunning wide angle shot. So the groom's on a kind of standing on a hill at the very bottom of the image. You've got these evergreens kind of just above him and around him. And then the mountains in the background, gorgeous fog. I mean, it's, it's a really cool shot. Yeah, it's sick. And like, so like this, this is where I'm like kind of starting to follow her down and like, you know, I'm just like capturing photos of her walking down and stuff like that. And she's walking with but an umbrella. Hell. You said it had been raining too. Oh my dude, it was dumping buckets. It just was <laughs> not like, it would not, it would not, excuse me, like, it, would, it would not fuck off. It was just like, just for like six hours, just rain. And <laughs> just so, but I had him set, I had him like set down there for like, 15 minutes and then like usually it's not that long of a wait but like um just like she was kind of getting to freshening up so like i'm like dude like you're just like he was like i was just stuck out there in my thoughts no phone nothing i'm like and then like he's like then i started crying more it was like i was like, gonna oh, say probably God. increase the anticipation and incredibly yeah that's a great idea actually yeah so but like yeah so like this like just the pictures are just so dramatic and like honestly like it's the landscape too it's like you know it's not only just his reaction but like 
It's just like the where they're at looks insane. Incredible. It looks, just looks so dope. So she put down the umbrella again for those of you just listening. Um, she puts down the umbrella and she's walking closer to him. And he turns around and go to that the next shot. I think it's the next shot. Yeah, right there. Like you can see where he's just like he's let his arms down. His head's kind of cocked to the side. And he's just absolutely in awe of his bride. That's a really neat yeah. shot. Yeah. And then that's what you're trying to go for. You know, like you're trying to like you're trying to like get that reaction because like it just it makes really good photos. It's like it tells like a really cool story of like, you know, like like this is what he felt in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this, this has been, and I don't know if you're, are you getting ready to pull up a couple more? I think, do you mind? No, please. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and do that. And again, for those of you that are just listening to this, make sure that you go to easiest thing to just do is just go to YouTube, search Boca podcast, or if you can just go to youtube.com slash Boca podcast, B O K E H podcast. Uh, For those of you that are listening to the audio version, you can see the replay of this and get to actually, I enjoy the visuals to go along with the conversation. And uh, I think Sean's scrolling through and looking for some other images here to pull up for us. Look at this one. Um, I, you know, let me, let me pull up a list. My wife and I were kind of going through these last night. And like, I, I don't really go through my photos like that often. Um, and like, it's just kind of like imposter syndrome kind of stuff. Sure, but sure. Like, I get it. Um, yeah, if you can pull up so even just sticky. a couple more, that would be awesome. And then for those of you listening in and, and viewing for that matter, Make sure if you're not following Sean already, do that. I'm popping up here on screen. You can see it's at vows underscore and underscore peaks and on Instagram. We'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com and of course vowsandpeaks.com. And we'll jump over to Sean's screen here real quick and check out this thumbnail. Oh, another stunning background. So for those of you listening in, the groom is standing again back to the camera. He's standing on the edge of a, is it a lake or is it a pond? It's a lake, yeah. A, a lake, okay, with the mountains in the background. Absolutely stunning. Go ahead, Sean. So this is like one of those spots too where like this is like the main focus was like all the way to the right of the spot. So we just kind of like came around the left-hand side and found like this whole open spot. But like this spot was like super sick. You got like it was a kind of a hazy day. So like the sun was kind of diffused with like just like some of the, the smoke. But like Halo like started coming down this thing and like she just looked hella sick. And I was like, dude, like – just like these photos are so dope because like it's like she's in this sick ass wedding dress in this crazy landscape and she looks so tight like beautifully like, backlit with the of... sun is it setting too or is that rising yeah it's it's, ri- it's rising it's rising. rising okay cool and so like you know sometimes like I'll I'll kind of like have people stop and I'll run around the other side too just to kind of get like these different kind of angles but then like here's like the full sequence of like you know, this where she's kind of walking down. And I come like a little closer. So like, you know, now I'm like getting like, like a little more vertical too. Yeah. And so So for those of you listening to the bride kind of walked down a a rocky uh, hill, if you will, with the sunrise in the background, stunning. And now she's getting closer to the, the groom. So the shots right now are from the back. You see the back of the bride, back of the groom. And Sean has positioned himself in such a way that you can see both of them um, and as he's getting ready to photograph the groom when he turns around. Yeah, and like, so you can kind of see her starting to work her way up to the right, like right here. So like, again, it's like, you know, putting putting the person on like either side versus directly behind them. But one of the things that I really liked about this first look was like the lighting at that point was like really kind of hitting this foreground really nice. So like they were lit up like super nicely too. Like, as you can see, like their whole... Like their whole like uh, backside is lit up with light. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and she reaches out. I mean, I, when I see these pictures, Sean, I, I don't, I don't get the sense that this is contrived, and that was just my concern. As you're describing, I mean, you're very intentional in the way that you're approaching ca capturing these images, and my only apprehension about that would be, man, I don't want it to feel contrived. And I, I started to tell this story earlier. Yeah, these are just beautiful. Again, for those of you listening in, can't see the the uh, live stream, make sure you go to Boca Podcast or YouTube.com slash Boca Podcast and you can see the replay. But what I was going to say earlier, Sean, is that the I, when I've gone to photograph weddings before, while I'm trying to take a more photojournalistic approach, something that I've noticed is that videographers, after we finished photographing the still photos, videographers would would step in and I start to see them guiding and arranging and essentially producing the shot yeah. to such a great extent that you no longer have, like they'll, they'll tell them, Oh, Hey, actually, can, can you, can you put that? Oh no, take the jacket back off, put it back on for us. Oh no. Can you uh, loosen that tie so you can tighten it back on? I want to get another shot. And now, yeah, now yeah. we're in a production facility instead of photographing a wedding day as it unfolds. And to me, that's yeah. such a turnoff, right? So there's this weird fine line. I know it's going to vary from couple to couple, photographer to photographer. There's a fine line between the production for the sake of, as you talked about earlier, this end product that they, the couple may not have full realization of what it takes to get there, but the fine line between yeah. the production and then letting things just kind of unfold as they are and what you're showing on, on, on screen here, these images definitely look natural and they're certainly beautiful. And I think it's a really great balance of, of kind of both sides of the coin. Yeah, honestly, I would say like doing the first look really helps like kind of foster the rest of the day because kind of what I was going back to earlier about like um, the anticipation kind of building up to this point, it really is. And so like, you know, at that point, like the nerves are kind of gone, like, you know, like people are just kind of ready to like, kind of like just let loose and have a good time. And so I feel like people's guards are like down like quite a bit more than they would be otherwise. That totally makes sense. Well, I, this is, um, we've run a little bit, well, I guess we're, we're doing okay on time, but this has been such a great summation and, and certainly a little bit of a different approach too. I love the fact that you actually had some images to share. I really, really appreciate it. Um, but this has been just such a good kind of practical thought process behind approaching a first look, Sean. And, and I really appreciate you making time to do this for the show. Um, just remind yeah. our listeners to, uh, if you will, I know I've mentioned it throughout, but where they can find and follow you online and, and learn a little bit more about what you're doing. Uh, yeah, so vowsandpeaks.com um, is my website. And then uh, vows underscore and underscore peaks is my Instagram account. Cool. Yeah. And I've got that pulled up on screen here or uh, I popped it up there on the screen, I should say. And I'll go ahead and, and just jump right back over to your Instagram here just to highlight this again, because your, your work is absolutely stunning. Um, Again, for, as, as he mentioned, Sean mentioned vows underscore and underscore peaks on Instagram. We'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Go to vowsandpeaks.com to see Sean's website, but then make sure that you also, and we'll link to this in the show notes, but go to Sean's landing page for the best places to elope in Colorado. And uh, if you want that, the full URL is vowsandpeaks.com slash best place to elope Colorado with uh, dashes in between each of those those words. But uh, yeah, Sean, really, really appreciate your time. Appreciate your perspective. Yeah. Good food for thought. For those of you listening in, make sure to reach out and Sean and, and give him props as well for his work. Um, and thank you all so much for listening in. Thanks again, Sean. Yeah, absolutely.